You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So high right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama. Oh my mama. Anything's possible. Rainy days back with the vengeance. Back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. Woo. This is the truth like 34. Yeah. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's is the best way. Melly. Welcome back. This is the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And I want to thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. This is being recorded after a 116-105 Boston Celtics win over the Milwaukee Bucks that they really, for 24 minutes, had no business winning. And uh, just a wild game. And we talk about tale of two halves, that cliche, uh, it's absolutely applicable to this. I'm John Corrales. I cover the team for MassLive.com. I was there watching this thing unfold, watching that first half of Gordon Hayward and Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker just looking terrible, and then in the second half looking like all-stars. So I'll talk about that. I'll basically run through this show, the, the relevant points, the big points, then in tomorrow's show, we'll dive in a little bit deeper after rewatching. Tom and I will rewatch the show, the, the, the game, make some other notes, and, and take a deeper dive in the thir- a Friday show. This is the Thursday show. So here are my immediate thoughts on this game. Of course, let's run through some of the stats first. 116 105 was the final. Uh, the Celtics were led by 32 points from Kemba Walker. He shot 7 of 19 from the field, 4 of 11 from 3, but 14 of 15 from the free throw line, which is sick. I mean, I asked him about that afterwards, and he just said, wow, when I said 15 free throws. That's not going to be the norm, but the 15 free throws were huge, and a lot of those came in the second half where he took 11 and was 11 for 11 in the second half. I mean that's that's a um, that for a team that's coming back and trying to put pressure on the other team to score to get these moments where you frustrated them they're fouling whatever uh, to score from the line and have one guy do it like that is uh, it's pretty pretty disheartening for the other team. Twenty five points for Jason Tatum, ten of twenty two shooting, four of seven from three. And again, this was like, I read that number off and you say, not a bad night for Tatum. He shot 46%, almost 45.5%. He shot, he hit more than half of his three-point attempts. That's pretty nice. Except in the first half, he was uh, 2 of 10. And in the second half, he was 8 of 12 and hit all four of his threes. And all four of those threes were huge. Uh, the last one was basically the nail in the coffin. 
and screw he so he scored 20 in the second half alone. Gordon Hayward, 21 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. Hell of a night for him. And look, his numbers look great too. If you go back and look at this game later and you'd be like, yeah, look at Gordon Hayward. 21 points, 9 of 17 shooting, 3 of 6 from 3. What can you complain about? That's that's an awesome game. First half, Gordon Hayward, 2 of 8, 1 of 3 from 3. He was he had 5 points, was a minus 13. Second half, 7 of 9, 2 of 3 from 3, uh, 16 points, 6 assists. It felt like for uh, a majority of that second half, whenever the Celtics were scoring, it was one of two things. Hayward at the point of attack, either scoring or assisting, or Kemba Walker doing his thing. Like that's that's how it felt in the second half. But again, you look back, historically you look back in this game and you say, well, I mean... Look at these great games that these guys had. Marcus Smart, 19 points, 7 of 16 shooting. Uh, 5 of 11 from 3. 5 of 11 from 3 for Marcus Smart. How about that? I mean, can we finally say that the shooting is real? Can we finally like admit that th- this is kind of... It's, it's a real thing. Like, gone are the days of 25% shooting from 3. 28% shooting from 3. 30% shooting from 3. Those are 3 years after his rookie year. Now, last year, 36.5. This year, at 33.3. Climbing somewhere in that around league average range. Like I feel like this is... like Marcus Smart's just... It, it's not the bad shooter, Marcus Smart. And if he takes the threes, the good threes... And you throw out one of these threes because it was a heave. So really, if you throw out the heaves... And Marcus Smart, not afraid to take those heaves then that's a 5 of 10. So half of his he hit half of his threes. And uh, a big game from him. Really, it was those four guys that carried the Celtics in this game. Uh, Marcus Smart, really in the first half, was mostly responsible for the Celtics score. I mean, he had 11 points in the first half of this game. And, and he was critical. He 3 of 6 from... The field in the first half, four of eight overall. Uh, he was the one guy that was hitting shots, it felt like. Because, like I said, Tatum missed. He was two of ten. Hayward was two of eight. Uh, Kemba was three of eight. The bench was uh, for the most part. But scoring-wise, Marcus Smart. Like, Marcus Smart, and I'll talk about this in a couple minutes here, but Marcus Smart's defense on Giannis was, was really good. But his scoring was a big point here for the Celtics that they needed him. If he wasn't hitting his shots, if he wasn't hitting his threes, then this could have been a whole lot worse. And they may not have come back because being down 58-42 going into the half, down 16 points, is manageable. Being down, you take away Marcus Smart's three-point shooting. If he misses, let's say he misses all three of those, and now instead of being down 16, you're down 27. I mean, that's obviously harder to come back from. Now, today's NBA, you never know. Like, comebacks can happen in a hurry, and I think this one one big lesson 
out of all of this is, you know, this could easily be flipped around. The Celtics have had problems with their their slow starts, but this could easily be flipped around at some point. And being up 16 and a half, being up 20, 25 at the half, meaningless, really, unless you come out in that second half and finish the job. Because, like we saw, a team gets hot, some guys get to the line a bunch, and that lead dwindles pretty quickly. Uh, Three-pointers, the way they're being taken right now, a guy hits two, three, three-pointers, that 20-point lead all of a sudden down to 11, and it's down to 11 in a hurry, then it's manageable. So uh, Celtics came out in the second half and started hitting, and they came out, uh, I think the important thing in the second half was they came out and hit a couple of early shots. Then all of a sudden, Gordon Hayward starts to cook, and Jason Tatum starts to cook, and all of a sudden, all of these guys go out there and start to see the ball go through the net. And you hear guys talk about this, and it's, it's hard to explain. But sometimes you just need to see a shot fall. And it just gives you this confidence, this feeling, this rush inside your body, this kind of like warm feeling. You're like, okay, okay, now I got it. And that just that little confidence can be the difference between snapping out of that funk like Gordon Hayward did and just wallowing and watching an entire shooting night go down the tubes. So Celtics kept their heads together. And really, if if there's another big takeaway here, it's that the Celtics didn't fall apart. They could have. They could have tried too hard to get back in this game and gone off on individual kind of pursuits and try to do it all themselves, but they didn't. And I think the fact that they kept things together is an important development. You look at this first half, there were nine assists on 15 baskets. That second half, 16 assists on 26 baskets. Moving the ball, getting better shots. Uh, they They didn't lie down. They didn't quit. And they, most importantly, didn't try to do it themselves. They actually worked the ball and, and got better looks than they did in the first half. going to take a break. When I come back, we're going to talk about Marcus Smart's night against Giannis Antetokounmpo. Stick around. More Lockdown Celtics coming right up. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Halloween is here, and that means we're in the middle of football season as well as basketball. I'm a Patriots fan. I'm watching Tom Brady do his thing, seeing that defense out there go crazy. And I know every weekend all of these guys are going to go out there and put their skills to the test. So you should be doing the same. My Bookies, the premier place to bet on all of your favorite pro and college football action. Every weekend, they have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book. So if you're going to do any betting this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at My Bookie. You want to bet a little to win a lot? Try a parlay. You want to pick your locks for the week? Go ahead and put them together in one parlay bet. When they all come through, the rewards get huge. 
So, you can sit around and watch the games from your couch. You got nothing to gain from that. Go to my bookie. They want to get your mind off of everything else and back on the game. And the best thing is, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. Double. If you put in $1,000, they give you $1,000. It's essentially like winning your first bet. You put in 1000 you get 1000 whatever you put in. They double your first deposit if you use the promo code locked on to activate the offer. The promo code is locked on to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. You know who gets paid? Marcus Smart. You know why he gets paid? To do what he did to Giannis Antetokounmpo in this game. And let me look look at the Giannis numbers here. He looks Great. 22 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists, shot 8 of 13. Uh, 6 of 10 from the line is not great. He's struggling from the line. He threw up two air balls in this game. But Marcus Smart and the Celtics really did a, a decent job of, even though those numbers sound great, keeping Giannis in check. And he did score 13 points in the second half. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't even get a shot off in the last two and a half minutes of the game. And that's a real important thing for the Celtics in a game like this when they've come all the way back and towards the end of the game when they had all of this momentum, then Marcus Smart gets the technical foul and it was a dumb technical foul. Like I I think he knew it, but he gets that technical foul and... There's this outside chance. Milwaukee cuts it to 10, and you think, man, you got Chris Middleton over here, and Middleton just murders the Celtics, and he he threw up some bullshit in this game, and it went in. Like, for some reason, his shot at the Garden is untouchable, unstoppable. And you think, oh, Jesus, they've made all of this, this... progress they came all the way back and now Milwaukee still has life they've got Middleton they've got Giannis and they got two and a half minutes 10 minutes and 10 10 points in two and a half minutes is not impossible for that team but the Celtics Marcus Smart they combined to hold Giannis in check and he didn't even get a shot in the final two and a half minutes. Not only that, he goes out there and Marcus Smart grifts his way, kind of basically falls on top of Giannis and draws the foul call from the refs, a call against Giannis that triggers a lot of frustration. And that's part of, I think, why he didn't even get a shot, why he couldn't take over down the stretch. He gets that foul call, and then later on, Giannis ends up getting a technical foul where you can see he's pissed off. He, he's, he's trying to explain himself to the refs, and he's really animated, and he's frustrated. And Marcus Smart, getting that frustration is just what Marcus Smart does. And in talking to the media after the game, Smart talked about the uh, getting getting into it with Giannis. And he said, uh, 
in that entanglement that they had. A uh, couple of calls didn't go away early, but uh, we just stayed with it. So I kept my hands up and I got the call and it was just everything that we needed, a big momentum changer, changer for us. Um, and that's important. Like I, I think he's actually correct there. Uh, and he said it got the team going and it got me going. He came off of that little whatever and while the, the refs were reviewing it, Celtics are pumping up the crowd. Kemba's pumping up the crowd. Marcus is pumping up the crowd. Uh, Paul Pierce is on the sidelines pumping up the crowd. Like, that's... You say what you want about Marcus Smart, but it worked out, and, and he got underneath Giannis's skin. And he, could, he said afterwards also, uh, every time I'm boxing him out, he's trying to throw me out of the way. That lets me know that I'm frust- that he's frustrated and I'm getting to him, especially when he's not getting the ball or, or he's not getting to the rim or he's not getting the shots that he usually gets. So in all of this, I mean, we talk about Gordon Hayward having his game and Tatum and Kemba. It, Marcus Smart is probably the most valuable player in this game. Because it's Marcus Smart that hounded Giannis. He started the game checking Giannis and got under his skin and shot the Celtics uh, through some rough spots at the the uh, the beginning of the game, the first half. So Marcus Smart, obviously super, super important. Um, and I, I think what they did... In, in that situation with Giannis was uh, important. I have to point out this weird statistical anomaly. I don't know if that's even the right word, but it's late and I'm trying to figure out the right word. That might not be it. But in a game where the Celtics won by 11, the bench was outscored 37 to 8. They were outscored by 29 points. Um, in the first half, Brad trotted out these weird lineups. Uh, and I think th- there was one lineup that had Carson Edwards, Kemba, uh, Grant, Shemi Ojeley, and I think Brad Wanamaker. I think that was the lineup. And God, I, I, I don't know what Brad was thinking. And, and nobody really asked him about it after the game because of the comeback – other things kind of leapt to the forefront of the questioning, but the Celtics bench did not play well, did not play well um, really at all. Like Carson Edwards um, didn't do much. And I think he was a liability defensively. Brad Wanamaker kind of the same. Shimmy Ogley played pretty decent defense, uh, not much offense, but he, he actually did play pretty good defense. Grant Williams was out there non-factor I would say in his 15 minutes. Shot one of four, missed a couple of threes. Um, I, we gushed, and rightly so about Grant Williams for a couple, a couple of days. This is one of those, uh, he's still a rookie days, and I think uh, he he struggled a bit, and I just I don't um, you know, I don't think it's going to carry over much, but uh, I don't think that he played particularly well. Robert Williams was in there, uh, did okay, uh, had a, a great block shot, but uh, overall, meh, you know, meh. 
13 minutes, meh. Uh, Celtics really rode their starters because the bench, in general, did, didn't do the job and they really couldn't stop the Milwaukee bench, um, especially in the first half. The first half of this game, you see guys like uh, Ilyasova comes in, chips in seven. I mean, this is everybody kind of did the same thing. Connaughton hit a couple of shots, six points. George Hill came in with seven points. Lopez hit a three. Robin Lopez hit a three. Kyle Korver did what he did and hit a, a, a three. Uh, and it all combines for uh, a, a big first half where the Celtics were grossly outscored uh, on the bench. Only in the first half, Grant, Robert, that each hit a basket. That's four. Uh, Carson Edwards had a free throw. Shemi Ojale had a free throw. So six. <laughs> the Celtics bench only scored two points in the second quarter. Two points in the second quarter. That was from Shemi Ojale. Um, I didn't even realize that until just now. The Celtics bench scored two points in the second quarter. Uh, in the second half, I'm sorry. Second half. Second half. The Celtics bench scored two points. The entire team scored 74 points. So I can do that math. 72 points from the starters and two points from the bench, Shemi Ojale. Uh, he's the only one who took a shot looking at the box score. Grant didn't shoot. Robert Williams didn't shoot. Shemi Ojale shot three times. Javante Green, Romeo Langford came in. Garbage time, didn't get a shot. But <laughs> the, the Celtics took 48 shots in the second half. Shemi Ojale took three off the bench. 45 for the starters um, in that second half. That's wild. Just wild. You take a break, come back, wrap things up. Paul Pierce, Marcus Smart, more Marcus Smart. The most important Marcus Smart. Next on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. Paul Pierce was at this game, and obviously when Paul Pierce is there, he gets a big pop. They showed him in the first half. It was a big pop, like, whoa, I didn't realize Paul Pierce was here. And uh, that got the crowd going, and to the point where I joked, like, hey, maybe you give him a uniform, maybe he can hit some shots. In the second half, when the Celtics were making part of their run, the the in-arena crew decided to dip back into that well, and they showed Paul Pierce again with one of the old Paul Pierce, you can't handle the truth, let me hear you video things, which was awesome. And um, I, I guess you could say that worked, whatever. Uh, it was very cool to see him and Jason Tatum kind of transfer powers with a, a high five on the on the sideline after Tatum hit a big shot there late in the game. Uh, Tatum kind of performing for the Celtics legend there. He said it was very cool to see him there and, you know, kind of gets, gets everybody hyped. Uh, so Paul Pierce in the house, that's super cool. Whenever Paul Pierce runs, runs through town. And, uh, obviously it's a, a big deal when he does. Marcus smart. Again, this is like my version of rain and junk. 
Um, obviously, but never mind. Uh, Marcus Smart came up with the most important uh, information of the night, which is he thinks candy corn is the worst candy for Halloween. And he's 100% right. He's 100% right. A million percent right. Candy corn is trash. It is trash. It is a trash candy. It's the worst. And this is where battle lines are drawn. It's Halloween and we're sitting here. You're either pro candy corn or you're anti-candy corn. And there's no in-between. People who like candy corn like it. Love it. I hate it. It's trash. And Marcus Smart's on my side. So I'm on the right side of history on this. Marcus Smart is behind me in the anti-candy corn. That's it. That's all you need to know. If their zombie apocalypse hits, Marcus Smart's my guy. He's the guy I'm rolling with. Like, I'm going to survive because of him. So he's, when Marcus Smart's on your, your side, you win. He makes winning plays. You can't argue with his candy corn take because he's Marcus Smart. Set in stone. Done. That's it. That's all. That's all I got energy for here. Um, so thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll come back for the Friday show and uh, dive a little deeper into the game. It's going to be good to kind of rewatch and kind of see some of the specifics about this game. And like Gordon Hayward, uh, super aggressive in that second half. Uh, I love the moment where he kind of backed the ball out and he drove past, I think, one of the Lopez twins and really had an awesome finish at the rim. That aggressiveness, that old G. Uh, I want to take a closer look at kind of where that all came from. So, and I will bring a guest on. I'm going to try to get Tom Westerholm back for that so we can dive into that and really get into the meat of this game and maybe talk a little bit more about why the Celtics are starting so slow. So subscribe to the show. We're going to be here Monday through Friday. I'm going to carry you through this throughout the whole season. I'll be joined by a rotating cast of characters. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, All of you regular subscribers, please give us that five-star rating and a good written review. It really helps. And share the podcast. Tell everybody to listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.